Welcome back. I'm Carissa, the UFCVM communications intern and pre-vet student. Recording exam notes, transcribing prescription directions, and sharing gratitude and sentiments with owners and other professionals is required in veterinary practices. Stay to hear how to hone your written communication skills with Farron Horner on today's episode. Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and we are continuing our, our discussion about the people skills that you need for the VEMCAST application. Today, I'm really excited to have Farron Horner in the booth with us. Farron, welcome, and thanks for being on the podcast today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Farron, as you know, but the audience doesn't know yet, our topic today is written communication. I know a little bit about that. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> Will you tell them your job title? Because this is an even-numbered episode, which means you are not a veterinarian. I am not, indeed. What is the title? <laughs> So my title is officially the Associate Director of Marketing and Communications, comma, social media. So I do oversee the university's social media strategy, among other written communications and marketing. The University of Florida. Like, that's a big deal. And you're new to Gainesville-ish, right? Yes, I've been here a little over a year. So I'll hit two years in um, the summer, which feels like two days in higher ed. I yeah, think. really. So. Talk about your uh, experience as a Gator so far. What do you think? So I was previously a Hokie at Virginia Tech. So um, I'm loving it. I'm like in the area. I think there's a lot of Gators. That's the main literally. thing I've noticed. Like literally. Yeah, there are like ants. Yes. Yeah, they're everywhere. I so- keep hearing they're everywhere. And then I'm like, no, there's a lot. Like there's a lot. A lot. Yeah. Like I used to run cross country and we would be running on a trail and there was just a gator there and we just kept going. It's yes. no big deal. So if you're from the north or the west and you're not used to having alligators everywhere, it is a common sight for us. And I would say they're very nice. So far, gators are nice. Yeah, they don't, they leave you alone. Yeah. Unless something's wrong. <laughs> and then you run. And do you know how to run away from them? I don't. You run zigzag. Me. I have heard this. Yeah. I don't think it's a myth either. I think because they're fastest straight. So you run zigzag and they can't They have can't you had pivot. to do this? No, yet. never. I actually haven't seen my first gator, so that feels like... Oh. I've tried. Wait, that felt like you <laughs> You said they were... <laughs> I meant they're humans, not the animals. Oh, I thought you meant the animals. No. Oh. Gators to me are, are the people. Wow, but, that's deep. But I love that. <laughs> okay, so you and I, I'm going to take you to go see a gator. Okay, okay. that's, that's wow. good. Oof, full circle. Okay. Okay. Now, marketing, communication, social media. You're living in written communication. Yes. You're doing it every single day. Growing up, were did essays come naturally to you? Like, are you like a, a wordsmith? Would you say how did we get here? Yeah, it's an interesting, um, I guess, journey. So, originally, I graduated from Virginia Tech with my degree in communications, specifically in public relations. And to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do with that. Um, it was that or broadcast, and I was like, no, thank you to being on TV. Um, but I actually started with like loving writing in general, like long writing. And I was very good at writing long things, creative writing. Um, and then my first job, I was, it was like communication specialist. It was at a, um, transit system. So oh, like, our, like buses? For buses. Yeah. Oh. So I have a little, you know, transportation industry experience. And that was like all of the things you would think of in a communications role, entry level of like press releases and so then I accidentally was having to create their social media. So that was my first go at it, where I had to write sort of short, quippy things. And then I was like, oh, man, I'm good at this. So now transitioning to now, that's sort of where I focused. But yeah, I was writing I've always loved. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And it was sort of an accidental path of 
coming to it being copywriting versus long formal writing, but there's still elements of both currently. And I, I think on this episode as well, this part is not on Vemcast, but we're going to talk about it, and that's their digital footprint, specifically what kind of social media presence do they have? Are they thinking about how that can affect their future and potentially how they can leverage that for True. a future employer? So we'll be hitting on those two topics. So let's kind of break it up. Let's talk segmented, if we will. Let's start with written communication. Okay. What kinds of tips and tricks can we give them to encourage them to have better written communication? Maybe let's just start with email. Yes, email, that's a really good one. Yeah, if they're applying to a job or they're trying to network or meet somebody, they're going to have to shoot off an email probably. So what are some of the things that we think are do's and don'ts? I think even in thinking back to early Farron who had her first job, it was like you forget. No one teaches you the things like the, what is it, salutations or like having yeah. your... A greeting. Yes, a greeting. And a signature line. Yes. Okay, okay. Let's start with the sandwich. <laughs> so here's what I'm saying. Hearing you say, it's an email sandwich. Yes. The bread is a greeting mm-hmm. and a signature. Yep. And then the meat or veggies is going to be all of your, what we might call copy, um, but just text. So 100%, a nice greeting. Hi, you know. So-and-so. So-and-so. Now let's talk about the so-and-so. Yeah. Let's talk about inclusion. Yes. What do you think is the best and safest way to approach a stranger in an email if you, like, what? how are you approaching it these days? Oh, boy. I think it is still the classic, like, hi, hi or hello. I'm trying to do less of the, like, hey. Oh, yeah. Like, I would. <laughs> thank you. No hi, no hey, if you don't know that. No what's up. No yeah. hey. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I like a nice greetings. I don't yeah. mind a hello, a hi, a good morning. Yes. I think for inclusion, what I've been doing is I look someone up on mm-hmm. like LinkedIn or their business profile. And if I see that they're using pronouns, I'll Correct. use pronouns. Yep. Otherwise, if they're not, I yeah. think it's speaking with they and generally speaking yeah. anyway. And in the title, I think, oh, this is huge. And this gets on some of our faculty members. Um, it's a pain point not using if they have like a doctoral degree mm. you make sure you use it it's yeah. really inappropriate this happened to our dean the other day her name is dr amanda house and a, an undergrad said hi amanda oh no it's it's hi dr house Correct. like make sure you are you've done your research and look that up because i won't know that you've done the research if you address me appropriately but i'll really know if you haven't done the research it goes a long way yes it's a red flag it's yep. distract it's distracting um Okay, any other distractors in the emails? I think in speaking of like our long versus short copy, mm. um, I think that is a time to keep it short and sweet. Thank you. Because I went, I mean, you go through a phase of like, I have so much to say and and you do, but can you get that down to some of these even higher level or not? You don't have time to read it and you're going to skim. People skim. They do. So I think that that's a main focus. Huge. And then even in the sign off, I think thinking about, there's all that, you know, best kind of bothers me. There's no wrong way right. necessarily. Well, maybe. I think the thank you is always great. You're thanking sure. them for the message. I think visually we see too much avoiding the, like, you may have a visual that represents yourself in your signature, and it's great to have sort ooh, of a, ooh. but please, mm, please watch mm-mm. the, no big images. No, yeah. <laughs> no. No, and I, we, I think I want to do this with the vet students, and I want to say something <laughs> like A to Z when you're, signature line is longer than the alphabet something like that where oh, like yes. it's too much so in my mind less is more mm-hmm. go professional your name if you have a title underneath it great like you know if you want to say like 
UF undergraduate yep. or UF animal sciences major. If you're a leader in a club and you want to say president of the UF pre club, great. And then maybe a phone number. And yep. that's probably plenty. Or even, and maybe you've already done that in, in your middle of your sandwich sure. or meat where you've said, I'm so-and-so and this is right. what I'm doing, where you can get to the point quickly mm-hmm. too. Right. So, yeah. So look at, I would just even Google y'all like solid email structure. Email template. Email yes. template. And it'll show you nice signatures. Um, speaking of templates, can we just quickly talk about resumes? Yes. I think a lot of times students are getting encouraged to these like very graphic designy resumes now. And potentially that might be a great fit for some institutions, but I'd rather you be safe than sorry and just go traditional resume yeah. format. What do you think? I think so. And before I forget, subject line on email too. Oh yeah, so what about yeah, like I think it's just you, something catchy. Yeah, I think catchy but not being too marketing like mm-hmm. um to where you're trying to sell them something, keeping in mind that most of these people are getting lots of spam that sort of says things True. like, open this or they're Oh, yeah, don't cute. do that. <laughs> Please I, read this. Let's, don't do that. We'll, we'll talk to specifically pre-vets. So if yeah. you're a pre-vet, and let's say you want to email me for connections, sure. maybe you want to say, like, pre-vet seeking opportunities. Right. And that's it. Or, yep. um, you know, looking to connect, which can sound spammy mm-hmm. too. But just I think you could even look up subject lines for emails. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. Resumes. Resumes. I think one thing that has come up a lot is actually, to your point, the less is more realizing that some of the, I don't know the word to use it, but some of the systems um, people are using is actually plain text is what you need. It's not accessible that you're doing all these beautiful graphic design things. So that, and I'm speaking to someone who has used these beautiful templates too, but it, it, it may look really plain, but actually it's more appropriate to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. People, like Farron said, are skimming. We're looking for buzzwords. We're looking for key experiences. And having a bunch of borderlines and potentially color or images can be incredibly distracting and might just get your application thrown out because the systems will toss it out because it's hard to read. And Word doc versus PDF, that's a huge switch now too because – it's it, it seems like oh no you're supposed to be PDF it's very formal yeah that's what and I've been doing People am I not supposed to do a PDF no apparently you're supposed to be doing Word docs because of accessibility as well and having it read correctly I I need oh, crap. I don't have the right information <laughs> okay that's but, good to know but I would say it's still best practice to do PDF but there is there are some places where it is searching it skimming it better more accessible to have it be a Word document I mean I could see that plain text I could again. see that so I think maybe something to think about here y'all is you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. until you've asked some questions. Yeah. So when you're going into the job process and you're trying to network and make connections, looking things up and asking, hey, I'm about to export my resume. Mm-hmm. How should I do it? Don't assume anything. Yep. I would also say talk to – I honestly think Google is your best bet just because yeah. there's so many resources on there. But talking to folks like Farron or myself – because sometimes if you ask a veterinarian, God bless them, written <laughs> communication might not be their greatest strength. Yep. And so I don't know that you would get the best advice from them. Farron, let me tell you. What? When I see some of the letters of rec from veterinarians, no signatures, no um, letterhead. <laughs> They'll write like a few They're really sentences. getting to the point. They're, getting, they're <laughs> really getting to the point. And it's, it shows me that they might not be the best resources for written communication, which is why I'm glad we can provide them. But they're great. This podcast. But yes. They're great people. They're great people. But they're sticking to physical exams and not yep. emails. And I think, and as someone who looks at lots of resumes, I'm sure you have as well, 
Um, there are some things that were old school. I would be careful with even the templates you find online because there are some that still have you put your home address. Yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't anymore. need that. You don't need that. Um, even it's more common now, I think, to lose some of those more basic skills like like possi- Microsoft like Word. Word. Yeah. Um, and I think... Email, internet. You don't have to write that anymore. Yes. And I know this is this is probably obvious, but keeping it to one page. There's so much to say. Yes. There's so many where it's too... Two is too much. We say how how I've always been trained is you can have one page per degree. Oh, that's a good yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. So for most of you pre vets, unless you've gone and gotten a master's, and I know some of you have, at this point one page says enough. They they get it. I'm so glad we brought up resumes. That wasn't even on my radar until just now. Yes, and I haven't thought about resumes in a while, so I'm glad too. But I think even another last thing would be the introduction. Sorry, it used to be big to have this long sales pitch in the beginning about mm, yourself. Right, and now sort of. Your skills should show and your experience should show through what you have. Yeah. But it is important to have like a one-liner of like, what are you strong? What's your professional your summary or yes. yeah. And call to not a call to action, but just like who you are. I will say like the trends do change with this. So just keeping up to date with what is currently going on. You even feeling free to maybe reaching out to someone at the company you're trying to apply for or if you know someone who works there, just like, what's their energy? What's their vibe? What are they looking for? What do they hate? Those kinds of things yep. on those written documents. And what are they seeing too much of already? True. Right. Like standing out. Yes. Right. How to stand out. Is there something you can do differently? I think, uh, speaking of resume, the biggest resume they're going to have would be their VEMCAST application, which is the veterinary school application. And there are so many opportunities for written communication on there. One of those is essays. You mentioned you've done long form writing before. These are essays that are a little bit shorter. They're around 300 words. But you have to be a strong writer to get your foot in the door in this profession because the application is paper-based. So when we're thinking essays, do you have writing tips for them or things for them to think about? Yeah, I think looking back to it's it's easy to want to like brain dump a lot of the stuff, Mm. which like in your final piece, which I have learned that that's a great sort of old school practice still to take it outside of it. Maybe it's a word cloud, which some people hate, but it's, it is getting that all of your thoughts out quickly Uh is what I found. And then you feel better set up to jump in and do your writing. And I think it is just, it's proofreading and proofreading and proofreading. And also um, with our news pieces, because that is part of what we do in my office and, and you do as well is you're making sure you have a good lead and a good, what we mean by that is a strong hook at the beginning. So don't wait until the very end to get to your point. I think get your strong beginning in there. Phil, it's almost like the sandwich again with the emails. Yes. You've got a sandwich going on there. And that is an interesting word count to try to be. It's short, but not short, but long. It is tricky. And I think when you mentioned brain dump, I think that's a great idea because I hear from students like, I have so much that I want to say and they need Mm -hmm. to hear it all. And I'm like, great, get it out on a piece of paper, but then decide what they actually need to hear. Yep. I love the idea of teaching them what a lead is because in the beginning, a lot of students spend like two or three sentences almost like summarizing Mm -hmm. the essay prompt. And like, you don't need to do that. Dive right into it. Like get us in the beginning without being distracting. Yes. I think we've kind of talked written communication. We've gone over it. Emails, resumes, the application essays. Those are the big ones, I think, that they're going to be experiencing, you know, coming up. Um, Don't sleep on the fact of a really strong, since this entire season is about letters of recommendation, you need to send your documents and an email to the folks who are writing you letters. So just make sure those are very, very strong. So you're starting off on the right foot with those. Let's switch into social media. Okay. 
So <laughs> most of our pre-vet students have social media accounts. Yeah, they do. That are public. They do. They're not <laughs> set on private. And so anyone can look them up at any time. Yep. We see them. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Do – how do we – where do we even start with this, Farron? Like, are we just starting with, like, yay, why social media – let's start with why social media can help them. Yes. I think um, the most well-known, of course, is, like, LinkedIn. So that's associated with, you know, this is my professional self. Mm-hmm. I think – I won't go into the negative yet, but I think that does not make up for just to know if you have bad things going on on your other social media platforms. Right. So making sure that you are representing your best self there. I think LinkedIn has so many great features now as far as even assisting with resume writing and stuff like that. Um, I think making sure just classic branding too. like try if you not everyone can get a formal headshot. I get that. But making sure that you appear professional. Right. I mean, your iPhone, having a friend take a picture of you in a collared shirt and potentially a blazer yes. is great. Put a nice – stand in front of a bush yes, or a brick, brick wall. And dropping some – I know it's hard when you maybe don't have as much experience yet, but I think knowing to drop off some of those things you may have added when you were even younger mm. that might not be as relevant so to the true. experience. So true. And remembering that any sort of groups you follow could be served up to the public. Let, that, good. Yes. Because we can see that. Yeah. If y'all want to start a LinkedIn today and you want to connect with me and say that you're a podcast listener, I will gladly add you. I'll tell you right now, Farron, I don't know about you. I don't add anyone I don't know if there's no message. No. I don't add them. So make sure you're doing that too. So that's LinkedIn. Yep. Okay. Now. You want to talk Instagram or should we talk negative? Let's do all the socials, positive and negative. So negative for LinkedIn, we kind of talked about, we can see your activity. Mm -hmm. Potentially we can, you can over spam someone. You can keep too many activities on there that are old. Anything else for LinkedIn? Yes. I think um, speaking of like adding people, the creep factor, as far as like remembering, depending on the the settings you have Mm. that people can see when you look at their profile. How many times you've looked at their profile. Yeah. So in there, that's okay. That's part of it. But not if you're going to check someone every day. Right. If it's one, honestly, if someone looks at my, a lot of my undergrads will look at my profile like one time. And to me, I think that's It's endearing. It's endearing. Maybe they're trying to find out more about me or they, maybe they actually accidentally pushed the button (laughs) Um, or they're trying to get a template for their own profile. I love. But if it's every day, that is creepy. Yep. Okay. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. I feel like that's a <laughs> motto of this podcast. It is. Don't be creepy. Don't be sketchy. Okay. Let's start. Let's go to Instagram. Okay. Positives. Positives are, I think, let me start with a blanket, maybe mm. negative. Can I do that? Please. As far as, yes. So I think in general, no matter what platform, what we always say, and we do a lot of trainings in our office on personal versus professional social media Amen. use. Yep. And typically that's applying to someone who maybe is for a college handling things, but it it applies to students as well, or even prospective students, of course. I think locking down your profiles, I know it's nice to have a public profile. It may be well curated, which is fine, just making sure it's appropriate. So again, seems like common sense, but you'd be surprised what you did in middle school or high school that may still be there that maybe you can just archive. So Instagram, archive it. Um, you can always bring it back, but maybe it's something you don't want people to see. But starting with the basic of make it private. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing sketchy about having a private account. Not and at respecting all. Respecting your privacy. I like seeing it. Yep. And and also where you can, so like on Facebook and such, like, well, Instagram too, creating those lists. So the close friends list now. I mean, there's some things that if you do have a public profile, maybe you just want to share that little moment that's not so Not the most professional. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean- be careful still in remembering that everything nothing is private it's not private it's not screenshots people looking over other people's shoulders i've had that happen before yep yes so just 
I j- please don't be naive that if you only quote have friends on your Snapchat, they're the only ones seeing that. Like, no, they're probably also showing it to other people or they're screen recording it. Yes. And not to, I feel like I'm just being a very scary person, but in our office for the main UF accounts, that's a lot of what we get is screenshots and, and maybe it's a friendship gone bad, but it's, hey, so-and-so did this. And, and we never want to see that. So All the time. In the vet school, that happens all the time. Yeah. They'll do professionalism lapse reports and they'll say, a screenshot of something that someone posted on their Facebook account, even if the person's not friends with them, like all the time, all the time. So just be very hyper aware and vigilant. And also, if you know that you are doing your best and someone takes something the wrong way and isn't looking for your intent, that's okay too. They might not understand something that you posted and you just have to like live with whatever you did and know that if it was in line with your values and you're okay with whatever the consequences are, that's also fine. Yes, and that goes back to like I would say taking an audit of all of your profiles. So like, is this representative of who I am right now? And it's okay if you were young and we were all silly and we've done things. So does this represent who I want to show myself as? And like, it's kind of like the classic, you know, would I be okay with my parents, my future employer, everybody in the world seeing this? I think positives, though, it's it's similar to LinkedIn, and, and there's lots of overlap, of course, but your way to connect with the community there. So hashtags. I mean, following along with those vet-related, I'm, I'm saying there's wrong a lo- vet words probably. No, but, yeah, but there's a lot of accounts that you can yes. be following, and there's a lot of educational purposes. I, I think maybe for me, a positive for Instagram is that you have a network with mm-hmm. it. I'm not so much, like, excited about someone's account, and, like, if you're super cute, I love that for you, but it doesn't really <laughs> help me professionally. Okay, Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. So Twitter, more so than LinkedIn, I would say, is that one that's serving your stuff up, like, to other people. So, and LinkedIn has gotten a lot, it's happening a lot more, but Twitter's the original place that I warn people of, if you're hitting like on something, that is getting served up to someone's feed that shows as if, like, they retweeted it, Mm -hmm. which is jarring at first when they made that switch of, like, wait, I didn't, I don't follow that person, but it's a great also, again, positive opportunity to engage with those things, hitting like on something. Maybe you're not – you don't love it enough to share it and you're curating your profile, which you should be, again. Um, but it's something to keep in mind. And then, again, it's the debate of public versus private. So is it something you want you to see and mm-hmm. everybody to see? I think the good thing about Twitter is you can be liking faculty research. You can mm-hmm. be retweeting it. You can yep. – that's a great way to build your network. It's a great way to stay educated on the issues, to know what's going on so that when you do get the essays and the interview questions, you're a little bit more tuned in. Yep. I would say, I think personally for me, I'm not really ever looking on Twitter to check somebody like if they're sketchy or not, but if no. I, it, it'll just come up. It'll be in my face in some form or fashion. When, we're th- when you're thinking about a branding strategy for your personal brand, you can decide to have all these platforms and use them strategically. Mm -hmm. So Twitter might be where you go to stay relevant for science. Instagram might be where you go to just build your brand and kind of figure out who you are and who you want to be professionally. LinkedIn is that online resume and your networking ability. Um, Facebook is a real – I'm just kidding. I know, Facebook. Well, I think – and to that point, it's okay to, again, segment, to have – Maybe your Instagram is reserved for this is my personal time. Like totally. I actually feel that way myself. And so, and it's not that you're being fake, but if you have your LinkedIn as your very professional, like I will share this with other people, it's okay to retain your privacy. 
Yeah. 100%. So Facebook. Facebook. Um, I mean, I think Facebook is great if you want to look up a menu of yeah. a restaurant. If you want to. Your mom to, is there. Your mom and grandparents <laughs> are there. Facebook is good for organization. So, like, following the College of Vet Med, we do post yes, on do Facebook. Yes. NUF general. NUF general <laughs> account. So I think it's good for you just to be in the know. Facebook can be where you find some things out. And your groups. So yeah. that's where most of the college, the communities, that's your keeping your small community with that research and those internal projects. So joining those smaller communities that are relevant to what you're interested in. And Facebook might also be where, like Farron is saying, the smaller communities to go outside of vet med. Yeah. We want you to have a well-rounded experience. We want you to be a well-rounded human. And Facebook might be where you find those opportunities. I think so. What impression are y'all making with your written communications Ooh. and social media? Just know that Humans, by nature, we judge things. Mm -hmm. And so if something is going to come in front of our face, like our brain is going to make some quick snap decisions when we're reading your essays. If we do decide to open up your Instagram accounts, just ask yourself, what impression am I making? Is it a positive one? Is it something that they're going to say, yes, I want them in my vet school? Because that's your yeah. ultimate goal. And that's what you need to keep focused on. Yes. And if we want to tiny expand on digital literacy, and it connects to social media is are you being smart about the content you're consuming, creating, and even sharing? So that's what we talked about, you know, with who can see your stuff. But I think taking in that content. So Twitter will give you the, like, before you retweet something, hey, do you want to read this story first? So I think making sure that you are being smart within consuming your content. Right. Because if I see that you're resharing some really, like, false facts or bad science, that doesn't help me think that you're a... A digitally liter digital liter yeah it's a hard one yeah it doesn't make me think that you've really thought some things through it makes me question your judgment it might make me question your morals and values <laughs> so and it wouldn't even be it's not even your fault you just didn't know and you retweeted it and then now you're kind of like it's representative an echo chamber suss it out suss, suss it, it out, out first that's good advice okay. what's something that they could do starting today to improve their written communication I would say AP Stylebook. A oh, God, yes. I don't know if this is even, like, maybe it's newer to some, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it is the main, in our college, in most places, it's the main, um, what's the word? Like, so standard for, for writing. For writing. And you've got MLA and other things, but AP Stylebook is the go-to. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking for you to be knowing how to, you know, abbreviate months with days versus right. years. Um, and may, it's a great thing just to check. So there is a cost associated. It's a tiny one, I think, with the online version. Get yourself the paper book even. It does update by year. They'll add words because right. this is life. Right. But it's helpful, you know, the periods and PhD. Like I myself am checking that. I think you check your All the words. time I check it. Grammarly is great. Spellcheck is great. But that's going to help you actually make sure you're using the correct words in the correct way. I love the AP Style book um, recommendation. I would also say the book Elements of Style is a mm. great book. It's a tiny little book. But it just gets you thinking about the words that you choose and how you use them. And I think it puts you in the headspace of, like, for example, compliment versus compliment. Yep. I'm complimenting someone versus this compliments my sandwich well, mm. a pickle. So anyway, just yeah, getting the you. the E versus the I. The E versus yes. the I. So getting you in that headspace that you have to check your words. Yep. What could they be doing a month from now for their written communication skills? I think, I wish I could say like writing a book, but that's not realistic. So I think it is, it's doing some of that creative writing on the side. So similar to how we talked about taking a break when you have sort of a brain block is making sure you're doing your own personal writing. Maybe it's journaling. Mm. Like I know that's such a big thing, yeah. but 
And then I think a month from now, are you able to shorten that? Like, I can't. Learning to edit and being just concise. Just edit yourself. Like, can I go from writing all this stuff that I really want to say to boiling it down mm, to what's that. important? Yeah. And a year from now, we hope that their written communication skills you're just a are, you're, you can shoot off an email, yep. you're confident. Maybe maybe it's your attitude too. I think sometimes folks are a little bit afraid of written communication. We've kind of fallen away from that mm-hmm. in, in the recent decades. So yeah, you're a pro. And there and there's insecurities. Like you may read something and be like, I don't know how they wrote, wrote that. Right. But you may be a pro and I think you're still using the AP style book at that point a year from now. You're using it every Always, single day. Always, for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But you know what you're doing, you're confident. And and also remembering that even people who are well along in our careers, like you and I, I think we're still like reading our emails 12 times. Oh, 100%. (laughs) No, but we are. We're checking them because we don't want to make a mistake if we can avoid it. And you're paying attention. Big life advice from you. What advice do you have for not even undergrads? Because pre-vets could be any age. So folks who have a big dream and they want that dream. I think... If I can maybe connect it to my personal experience, possibly, I think it's taking opportunities that are unexpected. So even if it's not seeming to connect currently to your goals, like you may find opportunities there and gaps there. Um, I don't know if I can talk about bars here, but I will say my first job um, toward the end of college was actually working in a bar. And that's where as I was doing things like, you know, it was during the summer and it was kind of low. It was... I cleaned all the sauce bottles and I would pick up and just write some social media posts for them. And so I think it's finding gaps in places where that'll give you a foot in the door. And that then led to me working at the university that I was about to graduate from. And I don't know if that's big life advice, but I think it is finding those opportunities or finding opportunity in things you're currently doing that you don't think have any. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe asking the folks around you like, hey, where do you think some pain points are? Or Mm -hmm. where are there opportunities for improvement? Or has anyone tried social media here and then doing it? Yeah. Just pick it up and do it. Well, Farron, thanks so much for being on the show today. What a fun discussion on written communication and digital literacy. Thanks. I want to say so much more, but I think that's a lot. Well, we could brain dump all day, but I think we've done a great job of editing it down and making it super concise so these students can see the value of strong written communication skills. I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon. All the time. And, and get out of your own head. Go on a walk. Yes. Maybe go, if you are uh, you ride a bike, go move around, and then you might get ideas, too. Like, if you're feeling – can we talk about um, – what is, you know, ideas? no, no. What is it? I'm not getting it. My brain. No, mental. <laughs> what is the mental block that writer's block? Yes. That's yes, hilarious. Yes, yes. That I couldn't get the word. 